Welcome to the Moose Room, everybody. The OG3 is here, and there are no guests, and it, it feels what, strange. What? But OG3. Yeah, it definitely feels good. Before we started recording, Brad made a good point. We need to almost like reintroduce ourselves because it's been guest after guest after guest. So we're gonna we're gonna do a little update. So we'll start with Brad. What what's going on in your life, man? So much stuff. It's just been crazy. As as usual, it's you know, we're in May. Cows are going to grass, so we've been calving pretty heavily, working on calving projects, calf housing projects. Spending all that grant money. All that grant money, yes. Thank you, uh, USDA, for providing that. And um, so it's been going well. It's uh, it's actually been going well. I'm doing well, happy uh, to be working with calves and cows and got some good students working for me now. So, hey, the grass is green and... I even have some Jersey calves at my house again. For those of you that knew I was milking a cow during the pandemic, we are not going to milk a cow during uh, this summer, but we got some Jersey heifers. I'm glad to be uh, out smelling the fresh air of the pasture and the grass. Yeah, it is good. I got to spend a day with Bradley yesterday working on some stuff and, and, and just being around cows. It was wonderful. Uh, It's good to hear that Brad's back in the, in the cattle game at home as well. He also has sheep at home. So <laughs> yes, uh, there's sheep too. There's yeah, sheep they, too. He's turning into to a true farm and he's it's just accumulating animals. I feel now. like the sheep thing is gonna turn into one of those like this was a four H project that got out of hand. Right. Yeah. Like when we talked to Bradley in like four years about it. I've got a couple couple people I know that are like that. <clears throat> and uh shout out to Tim Goldsmith and all his sheep that he <laughs> yeah. Didn't initially there, there is a date set for market on these uh, weather, so we will have a lamb feed when we are done. Perfect. The Moose Room Lamb Roast. <laughs> That's there right. Like it that. works. All right, Em, what's going on in your life? Oh, my gosh. Well, it has been, you know, just kind of a crazy year with I, I just wrapped up my first year in my new position as the farm safety and health educator. And we're just now getting to go out and and do more programming. So today, the day that we're recording this, I was out uh, teaching kids about livestock safety and safe animal handling with a one-eyed Holstein steer. It was a barrel of laughs, uh, but really it was fun to be back out and be teaching. And, you know, this is a really critical time of year for farm safety stuff too. And so I love that I can be out having conversations with people again, that's been really fun, you know, and of course still just podcasting away. Also the really cool thing about today, the day that we are recording, it is my eight year anniversary with extension. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Congrats. Do more work. Yeah. (laughs) Congratulations. Get back to work. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, yeah. So that's kind of cool. Uh, you know, I'll get a little weird and reflective here, but just thinking about eight years ago when I started, if somebody would have told me like, hey, here's all the things you're going to do and you're going to record this really cool podcast with some really awesome colleagues of yours that you really respect and adore. Uh-huh. And and then 
you're going to get to do this incredible series for May Mental Health Awareness Month. Like, I would have thought you were crazy, right? So it's just cool to think about in eight years how much extension has changed and how much it hasn't at the same time, right? In a good way. Like we're still getting to do this really cool, impactful work, um, but in a new way and on new topic areas. Life is busy. Uh, the good good news is, and, and I think everyone out there, hopefully they're excited, is that, you know, things are loosening up on the restriction side for travel. You know, uh, I'm, I'm vaccinated. Emily's vaccinated. Bradley had COVID, unfortunately, at one point, but he's protected and in a study that allows him to check and make sure he still is safe. And we're, we're going to be able to travel. So you'll see us actually out and about and actually yes. getting to meet you. Uh, I'm I'm excited. I'm super excited to be out and actually talking to people on farm in person. Uh, it's I'm be curious because I think of all the famous podcasts, how they'll do like live recordings for people who literally just come and watch them record. So if you're interested in that, send us an email because if there's enough demand, I can probably convince these two knuckleheads to do it with me. Oh, yeah. We'll get out there for hey, sure. We could do a live podcast on somebody's farm. That'd be kind of cool. That'd be wonderful. Yes. I'd do it. The moves room from the, the parlor or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, from the parlor. I like oh, that. I love this. Okay, parlor well, chats. Parlor like chats this. with the moves room. Idea. The moves room at umn.edu. Send us an yeah. email. Send us the email. All right. Well, uh, today, let's get into the, t- the topic today. As everyone is fully aware, rain has been short this year, and that means that grass mm-hmm. is short as well. That goes for grazing dairies. That goes for hay production. That goes for all the beef farmers out there that are just waiting to kick cattle on the grass. And there's turf grass growers. Yeah, everyone. I'll stop now. (laughs) So so today we're going to really get into it with Bradley. And one of the things that he's doing up at Morris to kind of help them uh, figure out that situation. And that's planting summer annuals. So, Brad, well, first of all, let's just talk about what what the strategy is for you guys up at Morris when you're when you're using summer annuals. I like to think about summer annuals as an insurance policy because you you just can't know what the weather is going to be like in July or August. And here we sit and recording day, May 20th, and there's not much rain. It kind of drizzles every now and then out here in western Minnesota, but we haven't had rain. Our cool season pastures are growing. Alfalfa is growing, but and you know, we might not chop alfalfa for silage for another three weeks yet so it's going to get into june and no rain means no regrowth and so i think about it from pasture standpoint with there's very little rain and pastures are going to be slow to regrowth well what can we do to combat that and summer annuals are a, a great thing to plant you know we're planting them about now the last week of may you can plant them well into second week of june to provide some sort of feed for summertime if we really don't get any rain because that's really what these grass species do is grow on on little rain and and uh, are that's why we call them warm season grasses because they they grow well in the summertime and is that something that you do Bradley every year or just when you see okay we have a year coming where we might be a little low on you know forage available on the pasture we've we've tried to do it almost every year you know so Back a while ago, I got some grant money. Grant money, grant money, grant money. To study uh, warm season grasses uh, in combination with cool season. So that was, you know, eight, seven, eight years ago. And 
ever since we started to do that, I've seen the, the benefits of uh, warm season grasses. Yeah, we've tried a few different species, but we've been doing it almost every year and we like to have at least, you know, 10 acres or so. We, some years we have, have a lot more of uh, warm season grasses depending on what we want to do with it. I'm a firm believer in, in having those options because you just don't know. And, and if a farmer, whether you're beef or dairy, if you have to go buy hay in the middle of summer, when, especially if now, if prices are going to go up, oh man, I just, I couldn't, it, it, that, that's going to be hard on the pocketbook. And who says pocketbook anymore? <laughs> oh, sorry. Am, am, am I too old? Am I old fashioned? <laughs> yes. Well, we already knew that. that Another question that I have. And maybe you were getting there, Joe, and I'm jumping the gun here, cart before the horse. But what are your, your go-to annuals that you do plant when you're doing the warm weather? In the past, we've, we've worked with predominantly sorghum sedan grass, and we've worked with teff grass. I like sorghum sedan grass. That's kind of our go-to right now. It's uh, what, what we really use a lot in our pastures. It, it grows fast. It outcompetes weeds, you know, for our organic pastures, we need something that will outcompete the weeds. So, and it provides a lot of forage and high quality forage. And, and we use a BMR, so a highly digestible uh, forage. I, I said teff grass earlier. I, I like teff. Teff gets weather finicky. Uh, if, if the summer is really hot and dry and you get a little bit of rain, teff grass grows wonderful if the sun comes out. If it's cloudy and the sun doesn't come out, teff grass doesn't do well. If it's cool, teff grass does not do well. So that one was a, a little bit harder. You know, sorghum sedan grass will grow if it's cool and uh, rainy too. Not as well as if it's hot and dry, but um, th that's kind of been our, our go-to. You know, I've worked with other producers that have used millets instead of using uh, sorghum sedan grass. So I think there's a lot of different options out there. So the question to me is where, where are you planting it? At some point, like you don't, you don't really want to put it in your established pastures. So, so where are you planting this annual grass to, to help yourself out? We have a sacrifice area, you know, kind of a outwintering lot, some out areas where we outwinter uh, heifers or dry cows uh, on some pastures. It works great for reestablishing pastures. So, you know, we go out into those areas and plant sorghum sedan grass. You you want to go into a worked up ground. Uh, you don't want to. It, it doesn't do well uh, if you try to no-till it into other existing pasture. I've tried that and it just doesn't work. So you want to go into freshly plowed ground that's been worked up and, and plant that. And you can do that in pastures and we've planted it in, in, in fields, you know, uh, there's lots of things you can do. We've had, you know, drowned out areas in our, in our uh, crop fields where, where we have corn silage or alfalfa or something, and we can plant some sorghum sedan grass in the middle of, of that on a few acres and, and uh, it, it grows there uh, as well. So there's a lot of different options that you can plant it in. There's not one set thing where you have to plant it. And there's lots of different uses that, that you can do. You can graze it or you can chop it and harvest it, really. That, that was my next question is, you know, plant it. It's a backup policy, basically. Um, sometimes you don't need it. 
right? I mean, your pasture is doing well and you don't need it to graze, so you can harvest it. Do you do both? Like walk me through what, what are all the different options you can do with it? Well, there's lots of, lots of things you can, you can graze it and you can keep grazing it, you know, on our, if we're going to graze sorghum sedan grass through the whole summer, we maybe get three, three good grazings, you know, once in a while we'll get four, but three good grazings throughout the year, you know, typically around the 4th of July, if we plant in mid-May and we'll get one in August and maybe early September. You can also uh, harvest it, you know, if, if your cool season pastures are doing well, you know, you might be able to uh, chop. Uh, harvest, uh, you know, for silage, maybe that first cutting, and then you can let it grow and you can maybe graze it later on in the year. So you can do both. It will, it will regrow. Uh, or you can just let it grow for silage and harvest a, a good sorghum sedan silage, which we've done as well. The stuff grows 11 to 12 feet tall. If you plant it now and harvest it at, at time when you um, harvest corn silage, maybe end of August, early September. It is, it's tall stuff and provides a lot of forage. It's, it's really good quality. It ensiles well. One thing I like to check for is nitrate. So I do a nitrate test when uh, we, we uh, ensile the sorghum sedan, just to make sure that there's, you know, not a lot of nitrates. Otherwise we have lots of issues with nitrate poisoning in, in cattle. So um, we haven't had any issues though. We, we've, done both grazed it and chopped it i didn't realize it could grow that tall that 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 and it would still be good to harvest at that tall. and still good to harvest yeah we've wow. mixed uh, some with corn silage you know like i said we some drowned out areas you maybe have five or six acres of drowned out areas well we just chop through it and it just gets mixed in with the corn silage so it it is good stuff that's cool that's a good way to use it well i don't I don't know if we need to know a whole lot else. What, what else well, is there to know, Brad? One, one last thing about, uh, some people might get concerned about sorghum sedan grass. We hear about prussic acid poisoning or, or poisoning in cattle. And the biggest thing for that in the fall is, and, and during the whole year is we graze it. It has to be at least three feet tall. So uh, then you shouldn't have any issues. So if you're grazing more than three feet tall, and if you have a frost in the fall, you should wait at least two weeks to graze it, and then you won't have any issue. And and we've we've done it every year. If if it freezes, you know it'll it'll kill off or or set back the sorghum sedan grass. But you can go in there and graze it a couple of weeks after a killing frost, and all the prussic acid is gone out of there. So uh, haven't had any issues. You know that's why people use uh, Japanese millet or pearl millet things like that because they don't have to worry about that prussic acid poisoning. But I think if you manage it well, uh, there's no, no big issue and it provides good feed and lots of it. Yeah. I'm a big fan. And, and yeah, the prussic acid, if you follow those two rules, I've never seen anyone have a problem. Well, there you go. That's a strategy for helping you and having insurance policy from when we are short on grass, when we are short on rain, summer annuals, especially in those sacrifice areas that you probably all have anyway. Great technique, great way to go. We'll cut it there. If you have questions, comments, scathing rebuttals about this episode or anything else, or if you want to see a live show as we get back out in the world, please email the moosroom yeah. at umn.edu. That's T-H-E-M-O-O-S-R-O-O-M at umn.edu. You can catch us on Facebook at UMN Beef and at UMN Dairy. We have two YouTube channels. University of Minnesota Extension Dairy and Beef Channel and University of Minnesota Farm Safety and Health. 
two YouTube channels to check us out on Twitter. We also have Twitter at UMN Farm Safety and at UMN Moosroom. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next week. Oh my gosh, bye. Bye. Ooh, short and sweet. Mm. Of course, for the Good. last month, we've been recording like five day long episodes. I know, exactly. <laughs> Every time someone's listening, they're like, Is, are they are they ever going to stop talking? Mm. Mm.